Revelation 21 and 1. And I saw a new heaven. And a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw... preach to us a little while today brother Pat about we need to take our eyes off the temporal for a little bit and look past some things that might be right in front of us because out there John said I saw the holy city New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death neither sorrow nor crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away for a little while this morning I want to preach to you with heaven in view We can get so focused on this world. But I understand something about seeing something a ways off. You can't focus on what's here and what's there at the same time. I want to preach to you about with heaven in view. Will you lift your hands and ask God to open our eyes and help us to see what He wants us to see today. Father, I thank You for what we felt. I thank You for what You've done. I thank You for what You're going to do. Father, give us revelation, insight, and understanding. Help us, Lord, to put things in perspective this morning in the name of the Lord Jesus let it be done today God help us today to leave this service as serious about heaven as we are about our 401k help us to leave this service today as serious about eternity as we are getting a pay raise help us to be as serious about eternity as we are about tomorrow oh God let us live our lives with heaven in view Jesus name you can be seated today I understand something about the scripture and that is as this world seems to look more and more like hell it means that we're getting closer and closer to heaven He said, Know this, that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. They'll be truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. I don't have to read you the headlines from the paper or from from the the latest news website i don't have to justify all of these words we understand that we're living in the last days 
we understand that uh, as, as Jesus said in Luke, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. In other words, they were occupied with their own lives. They, they, they ate, they drank, they married, they were given in marriage. They, they were occupied with the temporary. They were focused on the here and now. And they didn't understand that there was coming a day when it was going to rain. There was a flood coming. He says, likewise, as it was in the days of Lot, they did eat and they drank. They bought and they sold. They planted, they builded. But in the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone out of heaven and destroyed them all. He says it's going to be in a day and in an hour where people are absolutely obsessed with self and now. We live, uh, somebody said, we live in the selfie generation. I won't ask you to lift your hand if you've ever taken a selfie, but Paul said that in the last days, men would be lovers of their own selves. Certainly, we're living in that day. We're living in a day that looks so much more like Sodom and Gomorrah did uh, than, than the world we knew just a half a generation ago. But Jesus gave us these words. He said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, then look up. And lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. In other words, don't get focused on the negative. Don't get focused on all the debauchery, all the filth of this world. Don't get focused on today. But you ought to lift up your eyes unto the heavens because he said, well, I am on my way back. He's looking for a church that has made herself ready. Somebody shout amen. amen. We need to keep heaven in view. Man, if we focus on here and now, Brother Matt, it's bad. Somebody, somebody said, somebody said. now this, is not, this was not uh, uh, really led of the Spirit, but somebody got up in church and prophesied one time. Said, thus saith the Lord, yea, it is bad. Yea, it is very bad. Yea, even I the Lord am fearful at times. No, it's not that bad. The Lord is not shook up. The world is messed up. The Lord ain't shook up and the church is going up. But we need to keep that in view. So for a little while today, can we just keep heaven in view? Can I talk to you about it? Revelation 21 and 10. John said, He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God. Her light was like unto the stone most precious, even like jasper stone, clear as crystal, and had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates. At the gates, twelve angels, and the names written thereon, which were the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. On the east there were three gates. On the north there were three gates. On the south there were three gates. On the west there were three gates. The wall had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. He talked with me. He that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates and the walls thereof. And the city was four square, the length as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, twelve furlongs. 
12, I'm sorry, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height are equal. He measured the wall thereof, 140 and four cubits, and according to the measure of the man, that is, of the angel. He goes on, he describes this city. And I read you about eight or nine verses just now, and probably if you're like me, you can't picture it. How about if I, I read a little bit more? He, uh, and the building of the wall was as of jasper, and the city was of pure gold like unto clear glass, and the foundations were garnished with all manner of precious stones. And then he names all these twelve stones. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every several gate was one pearl, and the city was of pure gold. as The street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. I don't hardly understand. I, in fact, that, that's probably an exaggeration. I barely even a tiny bit understand all that stuff that I just read. Now, I read it to you because Jesus told John in chapter 1 of Revelation, you're blessed if you read it. You're blessed if you're... There's a whole bunch there that you don't understand. Just read it because He promises you'll be blessed if you read it. So you just elbow somebody and say, you're blessed because we just heard that. You're blessed. I don't understand. Just look at him and eyeball to eyeball. Say, I don't understand all that. But has anybody here ever been to Disney World? Okay, now don't start groaning at me. I've never been there. Brother Josh, you've never been there? And, and so who, somebody wave real high. Who, who has been to Disney World here? Yeah, now, now put your hands down. Who would like to go to Disney World? You've never seen it. My wife, she wants to go to Disney World. Have you seen what tickets cost at Disney World? Great. That mouse ain't worth that. Now, we might, we might do a little survey later. Those of you who've been to Disney World, did you feel like you got your money's worth? We won't, we won't talk about that right now. But, but all you folks, more than half the congregation, put your hands up. I want to go to Disney World. I've never been there. I, I've never seen it myself. What makes you think, why, why do you want to go there? I don't understand everything John just said about the New Jerusalem, but I got a feeling it's a whole lot better than where I am right now. I want to go to where the milk and honey flows. I didn't understand those last 20 or so verses that I read to you. But this verse, I think I can wrap my head around a little bit. Verse 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. There's no sun, there's no moon, but in the center of that place is Jesus Christ, my Lord. I can't wait to see Him and look upon His face. Streets of gold, whatever. Walls of jasper, what gates of pearl. Uh, I'm sure that's wonderful. But the centerpiece of all of that is Jesus is going to be there. Oh, hallelujah. As the world looks worse, heaven looks better. Well, let's just talk about it for a little bit. In heaven, there's righteousness. There's no more sin, no more murder, no more theft, abuse, child neglect, no more cursing, no lust, no perversion, no pornography, no greed, no jealousy, no addiction, no envy, and no rebellion. Somebody say, I want to go there. 
In heaven, there's peace. There's no more anxiety, no worry, no fighting, no fussing, no whining, no gossip, no backbiting, no political maneuvering, no financial worry, no childhood sicknesses, no cancer. In heaven, there's peace. In heaven, there's joy. There's no more depression. There's no more suicide. There is no frustration in heaven. There's no more sorrow because He's going to wipe away all the tears. There's no disappointment. There are no unmet needs. No unmet expectations. There's no letdowns. There's no failures. There's no broken homes. No broken marriages. There's no divorce. There's no separation in heaven. In heaven, there's no more dying. There's no more caskets. There's no more funeral processions. There's no need to comfort the bereaved because they're in the arms of the comforter. His presence is there. It's pure. It's undiluted. It's unobstructed. It's unadulterated. It's unfiltered. No distractions. No temptations. No flesh. And nothing to hinder us from His presence. I'm telling you, the best part about this life, which is His presence, will be in abundance in the next life. My goodness, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, and he did go, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. We got a promise. The first promise of the New Testament in the book of Acts, Jesus ascends out of their sight, and the clouds received him. And the first promise after he was gone, his angels stood around and said, Hey, he's coming back. Woo! He is coming back. We need to live life in view of the fact that He's coming back. It could be today and it could be tomorrow. But don't be taken unaware. He is coming back. Don't let the things that are temporary hinder you from making it to a place that's eternal. The Apostle Paul, he wrote about this, he called it, a tabernacle, a tent that we live in. He said, For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house made not with hands, eternal in the heavens. He said, For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Let me, let me kind of break that down. He said, We groan having a desire... To have a heavenly body. Hey, any of y'all folks grown to today in the body you got right now? <laughs> the apostles... <laughs> y'all can't see all the faces that I'm seeing up here. He said, we desire a heavenly tabernacle. He said... I think it's meat, this is in Second Peter, Peter says this, uh, I think it is meat as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. He said there's going to be a day whenever I, I put off this body and He's going to give me a new body. Right. Right. He referred to it as a tabernacle, a tent. 
Where's the hypes crew at? Bless the Lord, they came back. They've been camping all week. I don't know if y'all were around this week. It rained a little bit. They were camping this week in a tent. Now the Smales family, we don't camp in tents. Our idea of roughing it is staying at a Hampton that doesn't have a pizza hut nearby that delivers. That's roughing it right there. Y'all can camp all you want. Now, now I, I, I enjoy the novelty. We have a tent somewhere. I, I, can, I can go out and I can sleep one night on the ground. All you campers out there that want to go rough it in the woods, I'll see you in a week. It's uncomfortable. I mean, one night, Brother Josh, you want to do something? No, it's too much. No. This guy, no, no. Sleeping on the ground is not, okay, some of y'all think it's fun, that's great. The kids think it's fun, right? Right, because, yeah, yeah. If the, yeah, because it rained seven inches in Sutton last week, y'all, you know, like, no, get us out of this thing. My air mattress is floating. So, 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 brother, uh, brother Paul, you've you've slept on the ground, right? When you were a kid, it was fun, right? Right, because you, it don't hurt the next morning. When you're seven, good for you. Go sleep outside. By the way, I'm preaching this message, not you. You know what? But after you've been in this tabernacle a little bit, a little bit longer, it gets a little uncomfortable. Okay, my left hip hurts right now. Okay, after you've been in this tabernacle a little bit, it gets uncomfortable. And the Apostle Paul, he's looking forward and, and, and he talks about, I'm gonna, I groan even in myself because I'm ready to take off this old tabernacle because I know he's got one for me. He said, I show you a mystery. Behold, we shall... I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. He said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment and in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. And this corruptible is going to put on incorruption. And this mortality is going to put on immortality. I'm telling you what, I, I, I need to see that. Woo! as health gets worse heaven looks better as the world gets worse heaven looks better but the Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout I'm telling you what he's going to come and pick up his bride and he's not going to send a valet he's not going to send a taxi or an Uber driver he's coming himself the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says, comfort one another with these words. In other words, don't get heaven out of you. Comfort one another with these words. Oh, hallelujah. Man, I got so much more to preach. Heaven's got streets, it's got foundations, it's got walls, but it also has gates. Heaven does not have an open door policy. That's why we have to live with heaven in view. Heaven does not have an open border policy. It does have walls. It does have gates. And he said this, Blessed are they which do keep His commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and they may enter in through the gates of the city. Because there is a within, and there is a without. For within there's a tree of life, but without... There are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth to make a lie. A different translation, the passing translation says it this way. Those not permitted to enter are outside. The malicious hypocrites, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, murderers, idolaters, and every lover of lies. And there shall no wise enter into it the thing that defiles Whatsoever works an abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. As I see a picture, Brother Pat, of the things that are outside the walls and those things that are inside the walls, I want to make sure I'm living inside the walls. I don't want anything to keep me out of heaven because there are gates. Meredith and I flew on a plane a few months ago. And uh, before you get on a plane, how many have flown in, in the last 22 years? Because everything changed at 9-11. If you've flown, you know before you can get on that plane, there's a gate. And if you've got a pocket knife in your pocket, <laughs> they're not just going to not let you on that plane. It's going to be a big mess here in a minute. All kinds of people are going to swarm. You'll be headline news. Y'all just get ready. Pastor Smales was arrested the other day for trying to carry a Swiss Army knife on an airplane. Who's going to hijack a... Never mind. Let's just move on. If you have this, there are just things you cannot carry and go through the gate. It's going to set off an alarm. And there's some big angels dressed in black. They're going, no, sir. You can't be in here. That's the same way heaven is. There's some things that you cannot carry into heaven. And you got to get rid of them before it's time to board. You cannot live your life in sin and get through the gate. There's going to be an alarm that goes off and says, no, rejected. You cannot be in the holy city. It's a holy city. It's holy Jerusalem. There's a holy highway that goes to it. And we've got to live a life that is without sin. So if you've carried sin into this place today, this is the place to unload it. This is the place to cast it aside. If we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. It's time today if you have a if you have even the least suspicion I can't make it through one of those gates. It's time today to say God, I need your blood. 
I need the blood of Jesus. If you have never repented of your sins, today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Not when you get things straightened out. If you wait until you get things straightened out, you're going to be waiting until after the rapture. Because you'll never get things straightened out on your own. Today is the day to say, God, I surrender my life to you. Today is the day to say, God, I need you to cleanse me of all my sins. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission, the forgiveness of sin, today is the day to get that washed away. Because one day, there's a plane that's leaving and we got to have this stuff disattached from our life if you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoken with other tongues today is the day because it's that spirit that dwelleth in us that's going to quicken our mortal bodies so that we can get out of here when the trumpet sounds we got to get sin out sin will keep you out unforgiveness will keep you out Jesus said, man, this is, we've got to know this. We've got to know this. If you forgive, these are the words of Jesus, if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's amazing to me that we can nullify the blood. We can have retroactive guilt. Let's think about that for a minute. It is possible to have retroactive guilt. God forgives me. God cleanses me. God fills me with the Holy Ghost. If the trumpet sounds, I'm ready to go. But then I have ought against my brother. I have a grudge. I have bitterness. They, they've done me wrong and I won't forgive them. And Jesus said, if you don't forgive them, I have not forgiven you either. I wish you'd lift your hands. This might, this might only be for one or two people, but I wish everybody in this church would lift your hands. God, search me and try me. If there would be any unclean thing in me, God, I want my heart to be pure. If I have any unforgiveness in my heart, God, show it to me and help me to forgive today. In the name of Jesus. It's not worth it to hold a grudge. You have got to get heaven in view. If, you are, if you're nursing your grudge, if you're holding on to your unforgiveness, do you know where you're at? You're focusing on today and yesterday and God wants us to focus on eternity. Yes. Mm, lift your hands one more time. God, help us. God, help us to focus on heaven God help us to keep heaven in view. John saw the heavenly city. Amazing. John saw the new Jerusalem. John saw heaven coming down, the city coming down from heaven. There's another person in scripture that saw heaven. We know his name, or we know his title. We don't know his name. I know some of y'all are thinking there was a guy that was caught up into heaven, in the third heaven. That's not the one that I'm talking about. There's a story in the book of Luke. Jesus tells it's in Luke chapter 16. He says that there was a rich man and there was a beggar named Lazarus. And on the same night, the rich man and Lazarus passed away. 
And it says, It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. We are all going to have heaven in view one way or the other. The rich man, fared, it said he fared sumptuously every day. That tells me that his whole life was focused on today. He, fa- he Taking care of me, man. Taking care. I, he fared sumptuously. He pampered himself. He, he, he was concerned about today and tomorrow, but he never got heaven in view. And because he refused to have heaven in view, he got a view of heaven from the wrong side. God, help us today. Today. We have got to focus on eternity today. So all you seven-year-old campers, it's, it's a long ways away. I know, I got the lens cap on. All you seven-year-olds, heaven seems so far away. You can't even see it from here. You, can, you, can't, you don't even think about it. Twenty-year-olds really don't either. 17-year-olds, they don't think at all. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't get offended. 25-year-olds. But Matt, how old are you? You're 28. Stuff don't hurt yet. (laughs) False. It's still a long ways off. There's so much other stuff to focus on because heaven's so far away. But I love precious elder saints of God who start to talk about, like the Apostle Paul did. He said, For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. And I can see something out there. Henceforth, right out there, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love His appearing. Went to Sister Dee Dee Hart's funeral yesterday, Brother Lloyd Hart's wife. And, and uh, one thing that Pastor Bounds, he, he preached part of the funeral, I think it was him that said, she left this world ready to go. Many of you were at Sister Polly Hudnall's funeral. She literally wrote her own eulogy. Literally. I read it. But she lived her life with heaven in view. Sister Judy, I talked to her the day that she passed away. A terrible disease had racked her body. And Sister Judy told me on the phone, she said, 
She knows her name today. One day, we're going to take off this tabernacle. I was praying with this, this lady. Her, her daughter went to our church in Lewisburg. And, and uh, Sister Marcy was her name, her mom. I'd, I'd go pray with her mom every now and then. And, and her mom was uh, not in good health, hadn't been to church for I don't know how long. She wasn't in good health, and I would come visit her in the assisted living apartment. We'd talk, and, and I'd always say, do you, do you want to pray before I leave? And, oh, yeah, I want to pray. And, and I'd reach over, and I'd take her hand, or I'd lay my hand on her head and, and pray, and, and she'd just begin speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And, and uh, I told that she, had, she passed away, and I, I told Sister Marcy that. And Sister Marcy just started to weep. She said, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful my mom was ready. Can I make an awkward request today? Can we stand to our feet? I, I, I want to ask some, some dear saints of God. We, we pray for the youth all the time. And they need it. But I wonder if some dear saints of God, that maybe you've got a little bit of silver in your hair. And maybe heaven's not quite as far away as it used to be. I wonder if you'd just come around the altar. And, and maybe if you're not, if you're not able, that, that's okay. But, but some of you have already made the trip up here. This is not, this is not uh, 